2: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: White flag is in the air, one to go for Chris Buescher. That battle for second is the best
4: thing for Buescher. He drives away from Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. Final time in turn one and two. Half a lap away now from RFK Racing rejoining the ranks of the NASCAR Cup Series winners. Here comes Chris Buescher. Oh! Final time.
1: Turn number four, the fans are waving their hats. Checkered flag is in the air. Chris Buescher wins the cookout 400 at Richmond Raceway.
5: You know, I just uh, I felt like the spring race were actually pretty decent and um, you know, just didn't have everything go our way, and that was just textbook execution from everybody. Uh, clean day, good strategy, good pit stops, good choices, and uh, and that guy is here to victory with our fastest Mustangs, muscle. Like, so I'm, uh, I just feel like the, the hot, slick weather, it, it just lets us move around what so we need to uh, have that speed in our race cars.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
6: Everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get ready for a big racing weekend at the Michigan International Speedway in those Irish hills of Michigan. Before we get there, we're going to relive the Cookout 400 with a brand new edition of an MRN NASCAR Live Backtrack. It's going to take you back to Sunday afternoon there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Bubba Wallace will join Kim Coon to discuss his push to the playoffs with four races to go in the regular season. Also, our Kyle Rickey caught up with Josh Berry to discuss his Xfinity season and how he's preparing for his jump to the NASCAR Cup Series next year. Plus, we'll break down Ford's dominance at Michigan and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Rickey is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle?
7: Mike, the first domino has fallen in regard to the future of NASCAR's media rights. The organization announced that the NASCAR Xfinity Series will have a new television network partner starting in 2025. The CW will be the exclusive home for the series as practice, qualifying, and the races will all be broadcast on the free over-the-air network. NASCAR's own in-house productions group will produce and broadcast the events. The deal was inked for seven years and will run through the 2031 season. Over the weekend in Richmond, Ty Gibbs' pit crew made history. Joe Gibbs Racing announced that the 54 team clocked the fastest four-tire and fuel stop in NASCAR history with a time of 8.54 seconds. This isn't the first time this crew has turned heads this season as the 54 team won the pit crew challenge during NASCAR's All-Star Weekend at North Wilkesboro Speedway in May. Alpha Prime Racing will have a driver with plenty of experience behind the wheel when the NASCAR Xfinity Series takes on the Indy road course. IndyCar our veteran Connor Daly has announced that he'll compete for the team at his home racetrack. Daly will compete in the number 44 AAN Adjuster's Chevrolet Camaro next weekend. In late model standout Lane Riggs will make his Spire Motorsports debut at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. It will be Riggs' sixth NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series start as he'll pilot the number seven Infinity Communications Group Silverado in the T-Sport 200. Mike?
6: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll revisit a hot and sunny day of racing at Richmond with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks.
8: Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in.
2: This is
6: NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend at Richmond Raceway, the NASCAR Cup Series went short track racing on a hot and slippery racetrack. Not only was it a fight to stay cool, drivers and crew chiefs did all they could to find the winning strategy during Sunday's contest. Let's relive all of the twists and turns from the Cookout 400.
3: 36 drivers are ready to go. Race number 22 of the 2023 season, Richmond Raceway. It is the cookout 400 up front. Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch and the green flag is in the air. Tyler Reddick on the inside. Busch on the outside, two by two by two. Reddick
4: is all by himself, so we'll go back to that two-man battle for second place. Bubba Wallace trying to tear it from the grasp of Denny Hamlin. Wallace halfway up on the outside, slides down across the nose. Bubba Wallace has the number two spot.
3: Meanwhile, off of turn number four for the fourth time this season, Tyler Reddick with a stage win. Green and white checkered flag is in the air. Tyler Reddick across the line, and he will score the stage one win. He'll do it over Bubba Wallace, who gets by Denny Hamlin up there in turn three, coming to the green and white checkered flag. Hamlin third, Elliott fourth. That's Chase Elliott in front of Kevin Harvick. That is your top five. The race leader is in. Here comes Bubba Wallace in front of Kim. And they said, you look great. You're just losing a little speed on an entry to turn one, but they have trouble on the
4: right front. but not get the tire off, so a slow stop under Green for bubble one. Stage points like money in the bank for him right now after a dominant second stage. They played a good strategy. They've had a fast race car. Patience when he's needed to be patient. Into turn number three, Bradton.
3: Stage win number three for Brad in 2023, off four Green and white checkered flag is waving here at Richmond, and Brad will take it, and he'll win the stage, and he'll do it over his teammate, RFK, goes 1-2 to wrap up stage two. Keselowski, Busher, Redick, Wallace, and Hamlin, that is your top five. Brad Brad, well, he's behind Reddick, Wallace, and Priest. One little mistake may wipe out your shot at winning here today.
6: Yeah, definitely one of those. You've got to perform excellently and and without any issues. He came a little bit later than than the 17 car, Chris Pusher, and definitely a little slow and slowed down the stop by being awkwardly in the box.
1: Another round of green flag stops. Another front runner busted on the pit lane. This time, a commitment line violation. Tyler Reddick. Having to do a pass-through penalty again, and this will bury him down the leaderboard. 59 laps to go. There's a battle for the race lead in turn two. Not
4: going to last long. Chris Busher on the pressure tires. Takes it to the high country. Motors smartly past Martin Truex Jr. Chris Busher back to the top of the heap on lap three, four, eight. Uh-oh, we've got contact Suarez around. Noah
3: Gregson has spun Daniel Suarez right in turn number four and we've got the caution flag that Chris Buescher did not want to see Dave Noah Gregson Daniel Suarez get together over in turn
4: number four unbelievable exactly what Chris Busher could not afford to see Daniel Suarez refires the car he's back underway after he tangles with Noah Gregson in turn four caution on the speedway
1: for just the third time today
3: there'll be three laps to go here this afternoon in the cookout 400 pace to Pitt Road. Crowd on their feet, and here we go. It is Busher on the inside. Hamlin on the outside. Green flag is in the air, and Busher is gone like a rocket. Ryan Priest will try to fill the
4: hole to the inside of Denny Hamlin. Chris Busher gets away quickly with the number one spot. The battle's going to be fourth, second. Priest to the inside on Denny Hamlin. Denny thought about peeking to the outside on Busher. Busher took it all the way to the wall to make sure that wasn't going to happen.
3: White flag is in the air. One to go for Chris. Chris Buescher, that battle for second is the best
4: thing for Busher. He drives away from Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. Final time in turn one and two. Half a lap away now from RFK racing, rejoining the ranks of the NASCAR Cup Series winners. Here comes Chris Busher all by himself.
1: Final time out of turn four. Off turn number four, the fans are waving their hats. Checkered flag is in the air. Chris Busher wins the Cookout 400 at Richmond Raceway. Roush Fenway, Keselowski is headed back to Ruoff Mortgage Victory Lane. They're crushing at the start finish line. Further back, five cars go spinning and crashing. A.J. Allmendinger, Ty Dillon, Austin and Cendric involved in the crash as well but the celebration is on. And one of the biggest smiles I've seen in Victory Lane in a long time. But when that caution flag came
4: out,
5: take us through your emotions then and how you were able to keep everything in check and get here to rule off Mortgage Victory Lane. I don't get too stirred up most of the time so I was alright but uh, no, that was, um, yeah, was sitting there and we had a nice easy lead going there, was taking care of it, not shifting. About the time I, I think Scott came on radio and said that's, that's working just like that keep it smooth i don't think it even got it off the button and caution so um i knew it was gonna take some work to, uh, to get back going but our fast on mustang was so good firing off today so good in practice didn't get the job done in qualifying I had to pass a lot of cars today and had some great strategy some great pit stops everybody back at rfk racing this worked so hard to get us to this point this is awesome i knew that last reason was gonna be tough but i knew we had the speed in this thing Chris Busher, RFK Racing,
6: celebrating win number one of the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series season. Coming up, Bubba Wallace will stop by. He'll discuss his playoff push. And later, we'll be joined by Junior Motorsports' Josh Berry. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers?
10: Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve Bell Number Twenty into your lawn, or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a
6: clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at Toyota.com/racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto
2: Racing Inc. This is NASCAR
6: Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we look at the NASCAR Cup Series playoff leaderboard, Bubba Wallace currently sits 15th in those standings. He's got a 54-point cushion above the playoff cutoff line. Bubba is attempting to make the postseason for the first time in his NASCAR Cup Series career. Bubba sat down with Kim Kuhn to discuss how he plans to approach the last four races of the regular season.
11: With four races left in the regular season, how are you and the team feeling?
10: Uh, good. Um, you know, I think we we all know like our speed is there. It's just a uh, lack of execution on all of our parts. So we all have you know self reflection moments and and uh, every after every meeting or after every race. You know Monday morning meetings. You know we have a big self reflection spot and we're always throwing our names in the hat. Right, and how to be better. So um, I need to be better in qualifying. I need to be better in. Uh, you know moments throughout the race where we start bleeding lap time and and just trying to get better feedback on how to be better at that point and then um just calling better races or executing pit stops you know it's it's, it takes a team effort to win one of these things and we just we know we all can do it that's the thing we all just got to believe in ourselves and, and do it
11: depending on the week you've been in the playoff picture you've been out how do you manage that fluidity and maybe the pressure that comes along with it
10: you know, I, this is the most I've paid attention to points. Um, but at the same time, hell, we've never been in this spot. Usually we're 200 and something points out and hell, we're, we're in a must-win situation. So, you know, for, for this, you know, you try not to treat it any different. But, you know, I, I do remind these guys like, hey, You know, if you think about flipping stages or doing something different, remember, we need all the points that we can get. And so I think we're all aware of the scenario or situation that we're in.
11: What are you doing off track to kind of either escape that or maybe help focus on that? Where are you in terms of managing things when you're not at the track?
10: Honestly, I'm not trying to do really anything different. Uh, The schedule surrounding these next four seem pretty even keel like you know not much going on to take you away from that so um i think everything's obviously going to get hyped up in a couple weeks heading to daytona because it's the last one but all in all i think you have to go out and know that you did everything right um, and if it wasn't good enough, then it wasn't meant to be. So, you know, I think it's it's not a good deal if we don't make the playoffs, uh, for sure. Uh, for sure, for me mentally. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure for us. But I think you what's know, the old saying, diamonds are made under pressure. So you just have to go out and execute.
11: You talked about this being very different than other instances where you've been in must-wins what's worse or better being in a must win situation or kind of having to to juggle this points battle
10: well we've never executed on the must win situation (laughs) so uh, I I think it's better to show like okay these guys have given up a lot of points or climbing their way back up but just beating the rest of the guys and so I think that's important for these next four weeks is 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 finishing ahead of the guys that were racing uh for points and 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 showing like okay even when their backs against the wall they can they can come back and battle
11: this weekend's a great opportunity to do it last year at michigan won your first career cup series poll finished second to harvick how do you look at this as an opportunity and then execute on that
10: yeah uh we got to do the test again earlier this year and felt really good about it um not as good as last year but temperatures were a little different so i think we have a good game plan going in um you know, I think we don't do much much different than what we did last year, but obviously win the race. Um, you know, figure out how that last restart could go a little bit better and a little bit different. Um, but all in all, just go out and do it the same thing. Finishing second, it's a good day.
11: Assess the next three races after this. So, we got Indy, Watkins Glen, Daytona.
10: Yeah, all wild cards, right? Uh,
11: really? That's how you... All of them are wild cards? Yeah,
10: for sure. I think, um, you know, look at the the top five at um, at Chicago. Um, you know, sprinkle those guys in for the next two weeks. And and then Daytona, you never know what could happen, right? I mean, it was wild last year. Um, so... It's an opportunity for any one of us to, to get a win. I mean, how we finished fourth at Indy. Uh, this is my worst road course resume to date this year. Uh, so I'm looking forward to turning it around for these next two and, uh, you know, capitalizing on the opportunity. But, uh, yeah, I think you just have to put your name in the hat. You never know what can happen.
11: The Cup Series is well into the second half of the season. Give your team a grade for the first half. And then what have you guys been working on to improve on that?
10: Yeah, so the first half we started out a little rocky and then we got into a rhythm. So I would fair enough to give it a a B B plus, kind of a B average. And then the second half, man, we're we're flirting with a B minus C plus average. We just we just haven't had those breakout moments we haven't you know done what we did earlier right everybody put a lot of emphasis on the 23 car in the month of may and jinxed the hell out of us <laughs> and we haven't been able to step up and deliver ever since then so uh, like i said it goes back to execution and everybody's stepping up and doing their job
11: what is bringing tyler reddick into the team done for it this year if anything
10: yeah no it's, it's brought uh, a different um outlook on things. he's bettered our road course program uh for sure our cars have been better uh, he's been able to produce results for sure, but um, just his mentality and things that he has learned over the years in a different manufacturer, different team uh, can still apply to our team too. So uh, it's been it's been fun. He's a he's a character. He's a handful, but it's fun, you know, navigating through the trenches with him and, and the 45 group.
11: And then uh, your team owner uh, gotten a little bit of controversy at Pocono with uh, the movie put on Larson, and it's and it's opened a debate on the type of racing we're seeing now and having to force guys into situations to make decisions. Do you agree with that's where the Cup Series is now? To, to make something happen, you do have to force somebody's hand to make a wrong move.
10: Yeah, um, you know, that's the new defense mechanism. Then he touched him, by the way. Definitely was contact. <laughs> um, that At that late in the corner, you're showing your true colors, right? You're showing your full hand. I think um, I've had moments where racing around um, like Seabell at, I think, Vegas this year, um, you know, we would meet each other, maybe three quarter mark of the corner and he would get tight and it would force me to lift. We both had enough time to figure out what was going on, but it's those moments where he knows that I'm going to have to lift at some point and I don't, well then it kind of forces a hand back on the inside guy some people will abide by that. Some people won't. So you find out who you're racing around. And I mean, Larson did it to me at at Vegas, right? Um, It's happened to a bunch of guys. Uh, You look at Ross and Noah at, at Kansas this year. um, And it's the new thing. Like you can't drive in the corner now and pack air anymore and get somebody loose. Like you get underneath somebody and get tight and they get tight too. But I at least want to give somebody a chance to see the end of the corner instead of just running them in the fence and passing them that way. So different strokes, different folks, I guess.
11: What about racing friends? You know, Denny made a point to say you, you, he actually races his friends harder. Where do you stand in that spectrum?
10: Yeah, I think the last time I raced my friend hard, or it was on accident, I wrecked Blaney in Michigan in a truck race, right? I and mean, that was lap half. Um you know we race each other super hard, right? Um, but it comes to a point where you don't put each other in the fence. Um, you know, you can do everything else, I think, but that, you know, ruin a guy's day. So
6: Thank you, Kim. Coming up, Josh Berry will stop by and later we'll do a deep dive on the dominance of Ford at Michigan.
1: Craftsman in your hand up to stop Yeah, chair. the ninja prepare? Craftsman.
9: Your
3: head, no. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com.
6: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. So glad you're with us here on this week's NASCAR Live. You know, last season, Josh Berry won three races in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. This year, he's winless but sits fifth in the point standings. What's different? Our Kyle Rickey caught up with Josh to discuss that and how he's preparing for his Jump to the Cup Series next year. Mike able to
7: catch up with NASCAR Xfinity Series driver and playoff contender right now, Josh Berry here as we get set to make that final playoff run. Hard to believe it's uh, about a month away. Josh, how would you first off sum up your 2023 season? I know still looking for that first win with the playoffs lingering here about five weeks out.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's been a a challenge, I think, at least. And compared to what we had last year as a company, obviously it's been a little bit more of a challenge for all of us as a whole um but i feel like even going into this you know late summer into the playoffs i feel like I feel a lot better about where where we're headed, and I think that um, you know we have really good direction right now going forward. And you know we had a really really strong run at Pocono. You know we weren't able to close that one out like like we deserved, but you know the the speed and and pay, the speed and pace that we had during the race is something you know to really focus on and, and be proud of. So I think um, you know the next few weeks are going to be a challenge with all the you know road courses. You know Daytona's coming. Up, but you know, really, we are kind of have you know we obviously had Pocono and, and Michigan again circled Kansas is in and some of the uh, you know kind of as the bread and butter. Once we get to the playoffs, I feel like to if we can get those tracks fixed, then I think we'll be able to make a, another run towards the final round. You mentioned company
7: as a whole, little some struggles this year. How's morale right now, just within the organization?
9: Everybody's working really hard. It's tough as as a racer and really as an experienced racer you know i would say myself that even you know in my past short track racing days man it's tough sometimes when you have such a successful year to to back that up right and 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 i think that's where we're at a little bit as a company obviously a lot of personnel changes rules changes and and everybody else was working hard to catch up to us and it seemed like we lost our way a little bit in the beginning but i feel like as we've gotten through this summer stretch we've all you know morale is up and and we're pulling the same direction and we're making our car better and we're racing better and and even though we haven't capitalized on that yet i think you can definitely see the the light at the end of the tunnel and and that's where we feel like we're at right now
7: you raced to the championship four a year ago at phoenix through the playoffs what did you learn about racing for a championship in this series a year ago that maybe you could use this year
9: well i think you know the playoffs are unique right in, in the side of you know each round is so unique with the you know, the first round, you know, is a little bit of a wild card, I guess, in a way. Really, you just need to not trip up in that first round. You just have to be solid, not make any huge mistakes. You know, get get some stage points, get some solid results. You know, keep keep the car out of the wall, and and then once you kind of get to that, the second round. Um, the homestead vegas martinsville right like that's your you know you, you got to be in position to win and and ultimately that's where we're at and with our team right now is you know we need to get ourselves in position to win and that's what we did last week led a ton of laps car was super fast was in in position to win that race, and that's what you need when you start the playoffs, right? Because you know, I, I would love to be sitting here on a pile of playoff points, but we're not. And I don't really, you know, obviously, you would love to have them, but you know, the regular season champion didn't make the final four last year. You know, there's no guarantees once you get to that point. You got to be able to to lead races and win races to make it to Phoenix. You mentioned Michigan a little bit ago, going back
7: there, uh, two mile high speed oval. Obviously, you run well there. What is it about that? That high-speed racetrack that uh, that you enjoy?
9: Yeah, I don't know. All the the bigger style intermediates have seemed to be good to me um, over the course of the years. You know, even the mile and a halfs. And I think that's kind of where some of our struggles have been this year, which has been disappointing based off my record over the last couple of years. We've been really strong at those intermediates, and it seems like we lost our, lost our balance and our speed that we had in the cars over the last couple of years there, and that's what we've been working really hard to get back. And like I said, we felt like we made a really big step forward at Pocono. That was really, really exciting and encouraging. So, I mean, I think we're, we're going to Michigan with um, you know high expectations after what we had. And I think if we can kind of continue to build on that, you know, get through these road courses. You know, that's something that I'm still learning and, and acquiring that style of racing. But really focusing on those intermediates, and we know we'll be strong at the short tracks, and we can make a make a run through the playoffs. Speaking
7: of the short tracks, it was three years ago we were chatting with you as the NASCAR National Series champion. Uh, what does that say about the ladder system here? You know, going from the short track champion to next year, the sport's top level.
9: Yeah, I mean, it just shows that, obviously, you know, the the weekly series and, and late model racing, you know, really all kinds of short track racing across the country is just a great proven grounds, right? Whether it's asphalt or dirt, modified, late models, whatever. You know, there's just a lot of talent at those tracks. And I think in a way, it you know, it's really rewarding for me to kind of carry the flag for a lot of those guys and they're grinding it out and racing at that level and, you know, maybe they can see a little bit of themselves in in me and the success that I've had. But, you know, it's, it's tough to make it to this level. And, and, um, You know, it's something a lot of things had to go my way ultimately to get to the Xfinity Series and then even now the Cup Series. So it's been a really cool journey. And, you know, I always love watching those races and being a part of them when I can. Have you started? And and if
7: not, when will you start to begin to kind of ingrain yourself in, in your deal for next year at SHR?
9: I think you know I already had a a really good relationship I feel like with Rodney and and that sort of transition I feel like is is going to be Pretty seamless. I feel like working with him. Um, obviously, adapting to cup racing and a new manufacturer is probably going to be more of the challenge to me. So, you know, a lot of it, you know, I've been I've been to the shop. You know, we started working on some seat stuff. You know, they're asking some questions here or there. Fire suits. You know, working on the easy stuff that we can knock out of the way. But really, all the all the real work will start once once this season's over, right? Because I've been at Junior Motorsports for over you know 12 years now, and and we want to end this strong. You know without a doubt. We, we're all lacking no motivation to get to victory lane and no motivation to go through the playoffs and, and get to Phoenix with the opportunity to win a championship. And really for us, you know, anything less than that is is, is going to be a failure. So we're all working really hard to make sure that that we keep our eyes on that. And, you know, once we get to November, then we'll, we'll turn the page on to, you know, what's going to be a Cup career for me.
7: How will the, the starts that you had in the Cup Series earlier this year help you next year obviously finding success finish second at richmond
9: yeah i think you know it was a, it was a great opportunity and the reality of it is is i got a you know i, I spoke to this at our announcement you know i was in the midst of uh conversations with him and it was a full-fledged audition in, in real time right so i feel like i learned a lot about how cup racing is going to be um you know, I'm really excited for that challenge. I think it's something that I'm prepared for. And I know, most of all, that I'm going to have a great group, right? Uh, the group that Kevin and, and Rodney and everybody Stewart Stuart Haas has assembled over the years. It's a top-notch group, and that's what I'm excited for, to know that, yes, I'm going cup racing, but to go to an established group like Rodney's formed with the four-team, it just eases my mind a lot headed into that. You know, I know that they're going to be excited and excited, to help, you know, move me, you know, help continue to grow me as a driver and do all the things that, you know, I, I learned throughout my time at HMS that, that I need to, need to work on. And I think, you know, once we get to next year, we'll be prepared. Thanks for your time. Best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you, man.
6: Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll break down Ford's recent dominance at Michigan. And later, we'll preview all of this weekend's on-track action at MIS.
1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
6: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is NASCAR live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR live over the last eight NASCAR cup series races at Michigan international speedway. Ford has claimed the checkered flag in each of those races. Why has Ford been so dominant at that racetrack? Our Jason Toy is here to help provide us with an in depth explanation.
12: The Heritage Trophy will once again be on the line this Sunday afternoon as the NASCAR Cup Series returns to the Irish Hills of Michigan to the Michigan International Speedway. Dating back to June 2018, a Ford has ended up in Victory Lane each time the series has visited the Irish Hills. It started with Clint Boyer, who ended the three-race run by Kyle Larson and Chevrolet as he held off fellow Ford driver Kevin Harvick in a rain-shortened race.
4: You know, the rain came just in enough time. I was trying to hold him off. I was cutting him off and taking his line away. Way pretty bad um, you know I mean if it wasn't for a win you wouldn't be doing that but he was so much faster me in one and two you got down to three and you just had to take his line because that bear was coming yeah the two tires just put you in position but you had to hold off the guy who has been the best all year long take us through that first lap going back to green and what you had to do to keep him behind you well first of all he almost cleared me off at two and it had been uh, you know rode off into the sunset again for the four car I was able to just get by him because he he left me room and was courteous and, and a good teammate.
12: The win would be the 10th and final victory of Boyer's NASCAR Cup Series career. Two months later, Harvick would capture the victory that he fell just short of in June, racing his way to victory lane to make it back-to-back victories for Ford in a clean sweep of MIS for the 2018 season for Stuart Haas Racing.
4: Well, the competition has thrown about 100 different strategies at him today, trying to catch Kevin Harvick, but nothing short of slashing the tires on the boy- like Ford was going to get the job done this afternoon. Kevin Harvick off turn two to the back straightaway for the final time. Riding in the tire
7: tracks in Ohio. Up the back straight away into turn three for the final time. Kevin Harvick positions that Ford right from the bottom of the racetrack, one turn away from the checkered
3: flag. Total domination again for Kevin Harvick and his team. He'll bring that Ford off turn number four and take it to victory Lane.
12: The Heritage Trophy was first introduced in 2013. That year, Joey Logano, alongside crew chief Todd Gordon, won the first ever Heritage Trophy. Six years later, Logano continued Ford's streak.
6: Logano brings him back to the corner. Runner. One car length in hand. Here comes Kurt. He'll look to the inside. That will swing to the high side in four. Ford versus Chevrolet at the front of the field.
3: Logano at the front. Off four. Kurt looking one last time. Diving down to the inside. Won't be enough. Logano across the line. Winning for the third time here at Michigan. The 23rd win of his career. The dominant car out front at the end.
12: The recent dominance by Ford-sponsored teams can simply be explained by the dominance of Kevin Harvick at Michigan. Harvick followed up his win in 2018 with three straight victories at Michigan. The first coming in the Consumer's Energy 400 in August of 2019. Harvick later swept both the 2020 races, which were held on back-to-back days due to the impact of the pandemic had on scheduling that season. Does
7: Hamlin have anything left? Drives deep into the corner, goes to the outside, but it's not
1: going to be enough on race leader Kevin Harvick. Vinny Hamlin's got a full head of steam. Here he comes on the back bumper of Harvick. Hamlin looks to the inside harvick blocks checkered flag in the air and kevin harvick wins the consumer's energy 400 at michigan
12: on the afternoon of his second trip to victory lane in as many days harvick expressed just how important winning the heritage trophy was especially considering the struggles endured by many who supported the sport in 2020.
5: Well, when, when you, um, you, know, you start getting texts from Edsel Ford on how important the weekend is. <laughs> and, and <You> answer those. <laughs> and, and, and you answer those, yes. Yes, you do answer those. But uh, you, you, I, I've been around Ford for several years now, and you understand the importance of winning at Michigan. Um, you know, the energy and effort that not only put into our cars, but that they put it in the engines at Roush Yates. And, and you know, this is, this is the place uh, right behind Daytona that, that uh, everybody from Ford wants to win at.
12: Harvick took a brief hiatus from victory lane in Michigan, but Ford's reign continued as Ryan Blaney made it seven in a row, winning the Firekeepers' Casino 400 during his breakout 2021 season.
6: Here's William Byron looking high, looking low. Blaney throwing the block in both lanes. Blaney brings him back to play.
3: Try to cross over, Ryan Blaney is there, he leads the field, back to four, the checkered flag is out. One more run by Byron and it will come up short. Ryan Blaney will score the win in the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan, courtesy of a tremendous restart.
12: And just a year ago, Harvick needing the victory in order to qualify for the playoff 16, entered the Michigan race weekend on a 65 race winning drought. He cured all of that that ailed him outside of the Irish Hill, taking Ford to victory lane for the eighth straight time at MIS.
4: Any desperation cliche you care to use, back to the wall, feet to the fire, do or die, they all applied this afternoon to Kevin Harvick, and he and Rodney Childers have answered
6: the call. Harvick to the back straightaway for the final time. It has been such a long drought for Kevin Harvick. He comes off the end of the back straightaway. Here he comes to the bottom of turn number Three Playoff prayers about to be answered for Happy Harvick off the
3: corner. A 65-race winless streak will come to an end here this afternoon at the Michigan International Speedway. Kevin Harvick across the line. The checkered flag is in the air.
12: Behind the success of the Ford teams is Edsel Ford, a longtime supporter of NASCAR and the great-grandson of Henry Ford. Ford, who has enjoyed the recent dominance, doesn't underestimate the pride and importance of winning the Heritage Trophy.
1: It is very... Very important. Very important to me personally, very important to my family, very important to Ford Motor Company, to our employees, to the local dealers uh, in Southeast Michigan, Um, and, you know, I can't imagine not walking away with it, frankly. This
12: weekend, there's more than the eight-race win streak on the line. History could be made as Ford-supported Wood Brothers Racing enters Sunday's race still vying for that elusive 100th win a win that Ford hopes to be standing there in Victory Lane to celebrate.
1: Uh, We'll be sitting with the Wood Brothers, and um, just between you and me, there is a chance, and and of course it happens every weekend, that that the Wood Brothers might win their 100th race. Wouldn't it be nice if it was on Sunday?
6: Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll hear what the drivers are expecting ahead of the Fire Keepers Casino 400 at Michigan International Speedway. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The countdown to the playoffs is on. We've got four races remaining in the regular season. The battle for the regular season championship and the final playoff spots are both coming into focus. What are drivers who are a part of those battles expecting when we get to Michigan? Our Kyle Ricky has more.
7: After a weekend in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the NASCAR Cup Series now heads to the Irish Hills of Michigan, where manufacturer bragging rights and playoff positioning will be on the line. At Richmond, it was Chris Busher celebrating in Victory Lane. That win made Busher the 12th playoff eligible driver to win in 2023, and with only four races remaining until the playoffs, his spot is secure. Busher is excited to make a run in this year's playoffs but more than anything, he's just excited that he no longer has to worry about points racing over the next month.
5: And, and that's our sport. Winning fixes everything, and it uh, fixes the points talk, it, it fixes morale, it fixes uh, bad weekends before. Everything can uh, can be changed by, by winning. So, you know, from that standpoint, that's um, it, it's awesome that we are in the playoffs, you know, that was... Part of uh, part of our goal at the beginning of this season as RFK we, we talked about winning races uh, making the playoffs and, and being able to be a contender in the playoffs you know we, we don't want to be a placeholder by any means either and uh, when I look at the the races that we have in the first uh, uh, first half of the playoffs especially um, I, I feel really confident that, that we can we can be a contender and we can move forward
7: Busher will be looking to score back to- back wins and continue Ford's dominant run in their own backyard blue ovals have won eight straight races at Michigan International Speedway. The other two manufacturers will be looking to end Ford's streak at the track. Among the contenders to win should be Toyota's Tyler Reddick. Things have been heating up in the Toyota camp as of late, but Reddick says
1: the speed has been there since the start of the season. I mean, I feel like we've been really strong since since the year started. Um, you know, Martin won the clash to begin the year. Uh, I know that's very different than most races we do, but, you know, in that in those first five races, it was more of a matter of, and we, and we all talked about it as a group, the Toyota drivers, we just, we have the speed, but we were kind of giving away these races and these opportunities, so we just, all of us have done a better job of, of executing and closing out and getting those wins, I guess, us specifically, we haven't right since COTA, but... We've had good speed and we've been pretty consistent on that front so we're just finding our way to victory lane more often and um, it's definitely really good to see
7: chevrolet will also be looking to take home the heritage cup this weekend and one of their biggest contenders to do so will be kyle bush bush won at the only other two-mile track on the schedule the auto club speedway back in february and while bush expects to be fast at mis he says what he was able to do in fontana won't necessarily apply this weekend completely different racetracks even though they're they're two miles same distance um man fontana and michigan are so so vastly different from each other but you know i'm looking forward to it we've had good speed at the at the fast racetracks this year the mile and a half so two mile speedways so uh, even the two and a half miles so i would like to think that uh, we've got a good shot going to michigan i remember i think running second and third with the the eight car there last year um with reddick he was fast we were fast And so uh, we both had good cars. And and unfortunately, I got caught up in a wreck early on and didn't get to finish. But, um, you know, seems like they've got a good baseline package for that place anyways. And so I'd like to think that we'll be fine. The other major storylines this weekend beyond the battle between the manufacturers will be the battle near the playoff bubble. Michael McDowell still holds the final playoff spot. And much of his focus this weekend will be on restarts. Given how important track position can be at Michigan.
9: Yeah, Michigan for sure is a track position racetrack. And, you know, last year we had such a fast car, but got caught up in one of those uh, late restart crashes. And, you know, when you get three, four, five wide and everybody funnels down into the corner, you're still searching for the same two or three lanes. It's just how you get there. So uh, things happen fast there. There's not a lot of time also to react, right? You see a car get loose there and it crashes. There's such high speeds that you're right on the edge. And so the restarts. much like, you know, a Pocono or a place like that where uh, it gets really dicey pretty fast.
7: The driver who is directly behind McDowell in the standings is rookie Ty Gibbs. The Joe Gibbs racing driver trails McDowell by 18 points, but heads into Michigan optimistic, given that he won there in the NASCAR Xfinity Series a year ago. The driver of the 54 car is also looking forward to feeling the sensation of speed that Michigan presents.
9: Yeah, I think you do a little bit. I think uh, it's still be nice if we had like 200 horsepower in all of our cars, right? But uh, it's, it's definitely one of the faster tracks and, and one of the more aero-dependent tracks. So track position is really important. Um, but Michigan, I feel like, has it been pretty good to me. Won the Xfinity race last year and finished 10th in the Cup Series. So um, it's, uh, it'll be really cool. Just behind McDowell
7: and Gibbs is AJ Allmendinger. Even after starting at the rear of the field because of missing practice and qualifying at Richmond, Allmendinger still only lost five points to McDowell, now trailing him by 22 points. Like Gibbs, Allmendinger is also a former Michigan winner in the Xfinity series. Allmendinger says that the win gives him confidence heading to the Irish Hills, but that isn't the only reason why he feels he can have a good run.
1: Anytime you have success at a racetrack, whether it's, you know, Xfinity and then you go to Cup or, or you know vice versa, it gives me confidence to know that at the end of the day that you can get the job done in, in that scenario. But more than anything, it's the speed that over the last eight to ten weeks that we're starting to get back in the race cars. You know, the beginning of the year was A challenge. We just, we had really not a lot of speed at at most places we showed up to. And now, you know, a lot of these racetracks were, were, I'd say, fairly competitive or really competitive. So Michigan is a racetrack that, you know, I feel like from last year's setup that Noah ran, we can build off of. Keep building the same speed in the race cars, you know, we can go up there and have a, a really solid run again there. So, which manufacturer
7: takes the Heritage Cup? What driver will be celebrating in Victory Lane? What will the playoff bubble look like with only three races to go in the regular season? Those questions will have answers after Sunday afternoons. Fire Keepers 400.
6: That Michigan International Speedway preview was brought to you by Wheelin Engineering. Wheelin Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll flash back to the 1981 Gabriel 400 at MIS. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This week, the MRN time machine is sending us back to 1981. For the Gabriel 400 at Michigan, where a NASCAR legend put on a show.
8: And there's just about a car link separation, Eli Gold, between the front three. Right there, it's very tight. Earnhardt again going a bit higher in the turn. The lead automobiles going past Joe Boer, likewise past Cecil Gordon. Again, Walchup is the leader. Baker's second, Earnhardt third. Benny Parsons fourth, Yarborough fifth. Then comes Harry Gantt, Bobby Allison, and Richard Petty. In fifth position, where Yarborough is, he's right on the back bumper of Benny Parsons, pushing him all. Almost into the turn. Waltrip brings them through. Again, low in the groove. Baker down low. And continuing to go high is Dale Earnhardt out of four.
0: As they work their way out of four and back to the start-finish line, whoever wins this one is going to have to have a little help from somebody behind. One car cannot pull out and simply pass the rest of the field or even that front car. Benny Parsons told me yesterday, two cars working together can sometimes run down the leader. Now, two cars can
8: draft right by. So, uh, yeah, if there's three cars batting for the lead near the end, then it's really an open race as to who's going to win because if the second car does pull out the pass, then the third car is going to pull out and pass, try to pass both of them. So then you're going to go in the corner three abreast, and that uh, makes it very interesting. While we were listening to Betty Parsons, Kyle Petty begins to smoke heavily through one and two. He shuts it down off the second turn.
4: Petty rolling very slowly down the backstretch. Kyle, that is, who was having a good, strong race. He was running one lap down. He
0: behind the leaders and he was within the top 15 cars. Tough break for him. Here comes the front runners back to the start finish line. Walter by two car lengths this time over Buddy Baker then about another car length back to Earnhardt and about a second and a quarter back to Benny Parsons and Cale Yarbrough. They had linked up in a tight draft and
8: Eli they looked like they'd make a little ground on the front threesome. They're reeling them in. Whoa. I think we have a car upside into the wall. Now the arm retainer catches Kale Yarbrough as the car got sideways. One other car, two other cars spin now as Buddy Baker spins. Likewise, other automobiles off turn number two. Two other cars spin midway down the back straightaway. away Earnhardt, Earnhardt, Earnhardt and Waltrip. Earnhardt and Waltrip spin. Here come two other cars spinning off the turn. It's going to be Lake Speed spinning now towards the infield. Likewise, Roger Hamby as everybody spins in turn number one and two after Cale Yarbrough's car seemed to lift just a bit on the right side into the Armco retaining barrier. Here comes the race back to the start finish line. Running for the lead. It's Gant and Parsons coming to the stripe down to the
4: low side, get it's Allison, Bobby Allison, just ahead of Harry Gant and Benny
0: Parsons to race back to the caution flag with four laps to go. Dale Yarborough goes by the line and the right front tire. Looks like it is bent in with a sheet metal on that car. He may be able to get back on pit road and get back out. The car's still running at a pretty good rate of speed, but this late caution flag, the seventh one of the day, involving all those cars over in turn number
6: two has really changed the complexion of this one. You can hear more of that race in our Classic Races section at MRN.com. I'd like to thank Bubba Wallace for stopping by today. Also, our thanks to Josh Berry for joining us. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. Can't wait to get to the Irish Hills. Don't forget to check out another edition of NASCAR Live wide open when it drops Thursday. We've got NASCAR Live Race Day for you on Sunday. And of course, another edition of NASCAR Live one week from today, next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, so long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.